Hey everyone, welcome to Entrepreneurship by Design with Dr. C. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline, and thank you so much for joining us today. Entrepreneurship looks different for everyone. How and why we start our business, challenges that occur, pivots we have to make, success we achieve, all while life is happening. That's why I love sharing these inspiring entrepreneurs with you and shed light that there is enough room for everyone to succeed and thrive, even if you're in the same industry. I'm so glad you're here today because I have an amazing guest for you, Kelly. Kelly is an ex-personal trainer, turned transformational coach, specializing primarily in body image and relationships with food. After being a personal trainer for several years, she dove deeply into personal development, originally for her mental health and for the success of her business, and started to realize that her perceived healthy lifestyle as a fitness trainer and nutritionist was just a very convenient way to disguise an eating disorder and abusive relationship with herself. Her journey of reconnecting back with herself beyond the conditioning of diet culture, the fitness industry, and entrepreneurship was the groundwork for the work she does today in coaching women to feel at home inside of themselves and their bodies. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Kelly. Such a pleasure to have you on. Of course. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. And I would love for you to just dive into your journey, how you got here today. I know we're going to dive a little bit deeper, but if you can kind of give us the overview. Yeah, the cliff notes. Okay, sure. (laughs) Um, So I'll give the context of um, my entrepreneurial journey starting in the fitness industry. And that was a byproduct of my own personal fitness journey that I went through, which is for the same reasons that anyone else goes into a fitness journey. It was because I felt unconfident and thought that changing my body was going to make that better. Mm-hmm. And so then I dove headfirst into fitness and changing my body. And then that became my passion. And then I started teaching other people to, to how to do that by going to school to be a personal trainer and then a nutritionist. And that eventually led into me starting my own business. And it kind of fell into my lap, actually, which might be another story on how that ended up coming to be. But um, the, I think it is an important part of my entrepreneurial journey that I actually never meant to start a business. Hmm. It was just that um, I was an employee for another business that ended up shutting down. And then I had a bunch of clients and like nothing to do with them. So I had to basically start my own business in order to continue to work with them. And I think that's an important part of my entrepreneurial journey because um, I think there was a underlying belief that I wasn't worthy of it because I didn't really create it intentionally. It kind of just fell into my lap. And because I never intentionally meant to build a business or start a business, and it was kind of just like handed to me in some way, there was this underlying fear pulling the strings of my business for many years that it was inevitably going to be taken away from me. In any moment, the rug was gonna be pulled out from underneath me because mm-hmm. I wasn't a business person. I, I wasn't worthy of this. I wasn't the type of person that could have a business. And that fear, drove me and motivated me mm-hmm. to learn everything that I needed to do in order to have a successful business. And so then I invested all of my time, all of my energy and a lot of money into different courses and mentorships and everything that I could get my hands on to help me learn how to build a business because I was so terrified 
that one day it was just going to crash and burn. Mm. And so for the first multiple years of my business, I was kind of in this fight or flight state of working hard and doing all these things and trying to learn how to get clients and maybe having some success with it, but then having clients leave and then getting new clients and having them leave and kind of always being at this standstill in my business. And it wasn't until a few years in that I have what most people refer to as a spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. And that kind of changed the trajectory of my business journey because it kind of went hand in hand when I started to learn about mm -hmm. spirituality and the ways we typically start learning about it, which is like manifestation and creating the life that you want and all of that kind of fun stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so then I was like, well, I guess it, it hasn't been working for me to create success in business because I just haven't been manifesting it. I've just been working mm -hmm. hard, but my energy has been off. So that must be what it was. Right. So then I started manifesting and journaling and doing mm -hmm. all of the right things to be a good manifester. Mm -hmm. And um, that didn't work either. Yeah. <laughs> In there. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, as as a spiritual journey does, mine evolved into the shadowy aspects mm -hmm. and a lot of stuff that I hadn't ever looked at started to make itself known to me. And a lot of the blocks holding me back in business were suddenly just staring at me <laughs> right in the face. Yeah. And one of those blocks was the inherent fear that I wasn't good enough because it had fallen into my lap. And that assumption was what was fueling me in business, causing a lot of this fear, driven action, but at the same time also kind of causing me to self-sabotage because if it was inevitably going to fail, then that caused me to want to try to take control over it and actually sabotage myself in certain ways by being really inconsistent with the action that I was taking or not doing things that I knew I should be doing, but instead wasting time doing other things that felt more comfortable, like posting on Instagram. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there was a lot of just looking at my fears directly in the face and seeing that there was a lot of carryover from a lot of what drove me into my fitness journey in the first place, which was feeling like I wasn't good enough, fearing rejection, fearing being a burden, fearing um, abandonment and all of those different things that I learned how to avoid through the manipulation of my body and controlling the way that my body looks and the size and the number on the scale. But then I was also trying to do that through having a successful business and having a bunch of clients and making this much money. And while I was simultaneously trying to heal myself from having a disordered relationship with my body and food and healing my body image and also teaching my clients how to do the same thing. I was doing that, but now in business. So it was like, I took that same thing and carried it over into just an entirely different vehicle. Mm -hmm. um, but there was, there was a lot available for me inside of that shadowy part of the spiritual journey that I'm sure we're going to dive deeper into, but that was the moment that really, change the trajectory of where I was putting my focus and my energy in business that I think had 
such a powerful impact on the direction I was actually able to go and what I was able to create for myself. Absolutely. And I so appreciate you bringing that up because I think it's really important to identify the fact that we might have certain things going on in one area of our life, but it can transform into different areas in our life, whether it's business relationships, the relationship with ourselves, all those factors play a part. I know I've done that in different capacities and so many other people listening too. And I'm curious, when did you start to really identify that was happening? I know you you said the shadowy part, what did that really look like? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's funny that you say it pops up in other areas because simultaneously as it was showing up in my business, it was showing up in a relationship that I was in at the same time. And so it was really like life wasn't letting me get away with not looking at this anymore. It was Mm -hmm. like, okay, we're just going to make everything really sucky so that you have to look inside. (laughs) Yeah. And there was a lot of just like, again, fear of rejection and, um, just feeling like there was something wrong with me and really being terrified of that being true. And it was, it was less that I was trying, like, I think when a lot of people recognize that they have something in them of like, I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy. I think a lot of us are at the level of consciousness where we can see, yeah, there might be a little bit of that playing out in my life, but we kind of just stop there. (laughs) We're just like, Yeah. yeah, I guess I feel like I'm not good enough. Well, I guess I'm going to just try not to try to prove that wrong. Like it, that's kind right. of yeah. where we go with that. Mm-hmm. But it took me some time to really allow myself the space to slow down and get more intimate with that part of me that felt not good enough because it wasn't just that I, well, I'm not good enough and that's why I'm not being like successful in business, but it was that I was so terrified that it could be true, that I'm not good enough, that that fear was fueling me. And it was that very fuel of like, I got to build a business to make sure that my deepest fear that I'm not good enough doesn't get proven true. That was exhausting. Like it's not a very efficient fuel source (laughs) to run on because you're really just running away from yourself. (laughs) Because really there's no inherent like, oh, here's the ticket that says you're not good enough. Like there's Mm -hmm. really no proof that you could ever find that says, oh, here you go. I guess you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. It's really just a feeling of shame. that we're running from it's it's an emotional experience that we are so terrified of having Mm -hmm. and it was the discovery that it was my fear of feeling shame that was running my business that started to open me up around this idea of like well why am i so afraid of shame Mm -hmm. like why is that something that i'm running from so bad. (laughs) Like, why does that feel like the end of the world? And it started to become aware, like I started to become aware of the fact that the experience of shame is just like an emotion in the body. One that when I was younger and I was a kid and I felt shame because I was embarrassed or a kid made fun of me or someone didn't like me back or I said the wrong answer in class or whatever it was that happened when I was younger that would create an experience of shame only felt so awful and terrifying 
because I didn't have the right tools or support to mm-hmm. interpret it and to actually move through it. So then when we're younger and we feel all of these really heavy, big emotions like shame, it's like, oh my God, I got to do everything in my power to make sure I never, ever, <laughs> ever feel this again. So let me just create a world around me yep. where I'm constantly running away from shame. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to run away from shame by building a business and getting all these clients and changing my body and fitting into this pant size. And oh my God, like there's just, it's so ridiculous. All of the mm-hmm. things that we do to try to avoid literally at the core of it, a sensation mm-hmm. in our body. And the more that I started to question whether the thing that I was running from was actually worth running from, mm-hmm. I started to turn towards it and started to really get curious with the sensation of shame and this kind of deepened me into also my healing of my relationship with my body because of course all of these things are interconnected in their own way Mm -hmm. and really i started to see that the shame that i've been building a business and changing my body to try to avoid i was already feeling it this whole time Mm -hmm. i was already feeling shame just over the sheer idea that I, I might not be able to be successful in business, that it might be taken away from me one day, that I might get proven that I'm not good enough, even though it hadn't happened yet, yeah. I was still feeling it. And then it was like, well, <laughs> the very thing I'm running from to try to avoid this feeling of shame, I'm already feeling it. Like, it was just like, oh my God, this, this keeps getting deeper and deeper. <laughs> of course. <laughs> doesn't stop there. (laughs) It never does. Yeah. I'm still peeling back more layers. It seems every single day. (laughs) It's like the more you like work on yourself and heal yourself, the more you see to uncover. And I really appreciate you sharing the, the shadows of it because I, I do think like I can definitely resonate and I'm sure other people can too, feeling not good enough and like running away from it or having to pile on more things to like, feel like, okay, I'm a success or okay, I'm closer to that. And there's a lot of like, I felt fear, fear of success. I'm curious because like, there was a lot of fear around, like it's going to be taken away from me. Was there any fear of success? Yeah. I think that the fear of success is such an interesting concept because it's like, okay, well, why, like when we really slow down and look at that, why would I fear having something that inherently sounds good? Right. And I think when we really explore the fear of success, we start to discover what it is that we're associating with success, that it is that we're actually fearing. Because it's not the success in and of itself, it's what we're making it mean if we Mm -hmm. were to be successful. And I absolutely did discover one really interesting (laughs) unconscious association that I made success that was blocking me in my business for a very long time. And I wonder if you're going to have any relation to this where like consciously, like out loud, I'm like, I want a successful business and I want to get clients and I want to make 10 K a month. And I want all these things and I want to be financially free and like pushing myself to work and do the things that I thought I needed to do to actually have that. Mm -hmm. And just, stomping on the on the gas like full throttle like let's go towards that goal Mm -hmm. but internally there was a part of me like clung to the brakes like just no no we can't do that and it was because 
I was associating having more clients, having more money with there being an increased possibility that I was going to disappoint someone, that I was going to have this big thing happen and, and be in the public eye and have a bunch of people hate on me. And like that was I was so terrified of that happening, especially in the fitness industry at the time, because there were so many people who were like, rightfully so in some way being called out for not having good practices in their business and mm -hmm. not being qualified to be giving the types of advice that they were. And although I felt for the most part, very strong in, in what I was doing and, and really stood behind my intention to actually help the people that I was working with and felt like I had the education to be able to do that. There was a part of me that was so afraid of having that proven wrong mm -hmm. or having someone else think differently than I was thinking about myself. And the idea of being blasted online or even just having a single client who leaves a bad review or has a bad experience or falls out with me and hates me and thinks that I ruined their life or whatever it is mm -hmm. that was like to me the end of the world like I I don't I, I didn't think I could recover <laughs> from something right. like that happening yeah. and if I had more clients and I had more success it felt like the likelihood of that happening got bigger and bigger and bigger and so even though my desire to have success and have all these clients and and to have a very successful business, I feared it a lot more than I wanted it. No, and I'm sure a lot of people listening can really identify with what you're saying, too, because it's I think what I connected with that piece was the disappointment, like letting people down and not like, it's like not being good enough and all the things that, and the right. former people pleaser that I used to be, all those factors yeah. came into play when I first started my first business of like not wanting to disappoint people, right? Like if you get too big, then like, can you handle the capacity? Like all these things that I thought, but a lot of people I'm sure have experienced that, but how did you get through that? I'm curious. Mm -hmm. I think as soon as I acknowledged that that was a fear of mine, it allowed me to soften around the possibility of it. Mm -hmm. Because for the for a long time, that fear was kind of like in the shadows. And when it's in the shadows, it's like it feels like this scary monster. Like you don't know mm -hmm. what it could do to you. Like <laughs> you're just assuming the absolute worst at that point. <laughs> but then I started to like, okay, well, what if it what if it did happen? What if I did disappoint someone? What if I did have a bunch of people hate on me? And just actually allowing the possibility of that like be felt viscerally through my body, just imagining it happening. And at first it was like, oh, no, I can't do that. And like would put it in a box and run away from it for a while. But over time it was like, okay, can I allow this to be okay? Like, can yeah. I actually lean into that I would be okay, mm -hmm. even if that were to happen? While also acknowledging that just because I make it okay that it would happen doesn't mean I'm going to go aim for it and just like disappoint a bunch of people on purpose and like just be a shit person and all of that. I could still <laughs> show up with integrity and do all of those things, but I don't need this fear of disappointing people to uh, to motivate me to be who I want to be in business and to show up with integrity and to do the type of work that feels important and, and in alignment with me. Mm -hmm. And it seems that <laughs> for me, um, life wanted to prove it to me 
that I would be okay, even if it happened. And it gave me some experiences to actually show me that I would be okay, even if it happened. And they were experiences that happened in what felt like very magical and synchronistic times in my life and in my personal development journey where while they were happening, I'm like, if this happened to me six months ago, I would have literally jumped off the balcony. Like I would have been like done. I don't think I could have gotten out of bed, but they, they happened in ways that were just triggering enough to make me realize like, oh, the thing that I've been so afraid of happening is happening right now. I have a client on the other end of the Zoom call telling me how much they hate working with me and how much they're disappointed that they haven't lost weight in the two weeks that we've been working together and how they wasted all this money on me and they think that I manipulated them into working with them. And I'm just like sitting there like, oh my God, I'm triggered. <laughs> my body is in absolute chaos mode right now. And I was just receiving her feedback and receiving how angry and frustrated she was and witnessing how much I was triggered by that and taking that on and taking responsibility for it and feeling so bad and feeling like, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. But was separated enough from it to be able to also see her projections and her anger and her frustration that actually didn't have really anything at all to do with me. And I saw my own projections onto her that actually had nothing to do with her either, mm -hmm. because I saw that I was getting so upset and angry, not because she was over there bad mouthing me, but because that was the thing that I had spent my entire life learning. I needed to make sure never happened because I needed to be, I needed to make other people comfortable. I needed to make sure that I was always the most, like you said, people pleasing and mm -hmm. innocent and peaceful and giving and, and most like angelic person I could ever be and never make anyone angry and never make anyone upset and never disappoint someone. And the fact that she was showing me that that wasn't her experience of me was triggering me, not because she was triggering me, but mm -hmm. because I was telling myself I wasn't allowed to do that, that it meant something bad about me if I did, that I was less worthy or less valuable of a human if I ever caused discomfort or upset than someone else. And it was that ability to separate and to see her in the situation and have compassion for her and see me in the situation and have compassion for myself that it was like, wow, that was triggering. And then I moved on. Like, it was like, I went on to my next client, had a great session, went on to my next client, had a great session, was able to be present, finished my day, told my friend what happened, was like, wow, that was really weird. But weirdly, I'm feeling okay about it. Like, it was like, such an obvious, like, okay, I was triggered, but I'm okay. Oh my God, my worst fear happened, but I'm okay. I can still go to sleep tonight and not wake up in the middle of the night freaking out about it happening. I can wake up the next day and not be like, oh my God, my life is over. My business is burning down. I disappointed a client. I'm never going to be okay. I might as well give up now, which is what I assumed was going to happen right. <laughs> if that ever happens. And um, there was another moment that also proved that I'm okay, even if my worst fears come true. And it was when I posted a TikTok way back in the day when that TikTok was like first becoming like the thing to do to go viral and grow a business. And what I said in the TikTok was taken 
way out of context, way out of context. Mm -hmm. And I woke up to so many comments of people telling me that I am the scum of the earth and I'm promoting eating disorders. And this needs to be like, I need to shut down my business now and that they're praying for the people that ever come across this because it's going to cause them to have an eating disorder. And I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, this is my worst fear come true. Everyone thinks that I'm so bad at what I do and that I'm not qualified and that I'm causing harm and like this is the thing that I've been avoiding my entire career and I was like okay (sighs) breathe through it I saw myself oh my god I disappointed people that's like my biggest fear that's so scary okay (sighs) I told my friend about it he comforted me okay I'm feeling okay and then I moved on I deleted the TikTok. Maybe it hung over me a little bit throughout the day, like, oh my God, are these people going to come to my business and leave bad Google reviews? And it never happened. And mm-hmm. you're just like, okay, wow, that happened too. And I'm okay. <laughs> I like, I appreciate you sharing that because I, I think too, it's we make fear so much bigger than it needs to be a lot of times. Like, and it's okay to have like fight flight when there's a real dangerous situation happening. But I think when we take fear and use that as our fuel to change things or move forward and move through it, because you can't just like, sometimes you can move on from it, but I think it's more of like the taking the action, like recognizing this happened, this sucked, never want to experience that again, might happen again, but now more aware. And like you said, you did like the end of the world didn't happen. You continued to move forward. You found compassion and strength and grace in that situation, both situations and understanding that because we all go through different struggles. And I'm curious, as you've been building your coaching business in particular, what has been an external struggle that you've encountered if you haven't already shared? Yeah, I think the main external struggle has been just getting clients and growing my business. And it's felt like such an external struggle because comparing myself online to other coaches, especially in the fitness industry, but even beyond that. And you see these like business mentors that are like, my client just went from $1,000 a month to $10,000 a month in six weeks of working with me. And you're like, God, I've been doing this for years and I've never even gotten close to that. And just, you know, really working to, to try to figure out like, what am I doing wrong? What do I need to know? What do do I need to invest in? Do I need to invest in a mentor? Do I need to learn how to do sales funnels now? Do I need to do paid ads? Like, am I, is my wording off in my Instagram messages and in my Instagram posts? Like, should I be doing more TikToks? Like just always trying to find the solution to this external problem externally. But as we've, as you've kind of led this conversation with, it turns out it was never really an external problem that was creating my lack of success or, or struggle to get clients and struggle to build my business. It was a lot of these inner workings inside and the fear that was fueling me and the fear of the worst case scenario happening and the fear of success that was really putting a big barrier between what it is that I said that I wanted Mm -hmm. and what I was actually getting in real life. Mm. That's so true. And just even thinking of your journey and the struggles that you've overcome and you've pushed through and come out on the other side, what was the biggest turning point in your business for you? Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like there were so many minuscule turning moments that happened that like, build up to what felt like such a big one for me. And so I'll share 
something that happened synchronistically again it feels like my entire business journey has just been like life teaching me lessons <laughs> in all of these different ways and me having absolutely no control over what's going on but me just trying to extract the lesson and everything that <laughs> life is giving me and there was one moment in my business a couple of summers ago where I was feeling like maybe you can relate to this there's like this like knowing inside that like oh my god I feel like something's like big is about to happen in my business like I feel yeah. like it's time like all the manifestation I've been doing all the work I've been doing on myself like like something's looming in the air like I just had like this <laughs> trust inside that like it was about to happen and so I used that like intuition and that excitement to create a coaching program that I had been like wanting to create for a very long time, but just never felt like I was ready or didn't think I was good enough or whatever it is. And so I'm like, okay, now's the time. I'm going to launch it. I'm going to manifest it. I'm going to do all these rituals. I'm going to have all these clients sign up. I'm going to do the whole launch all perfectly. It's going to be great. <laughs> and I took everything in my manifestation learnings and in my business learnings and my marketing learnings and my coaching learnings and just combined it into this perfect plan to <laughs> launch a group coaching program that I was so excited about and spent months planning for and nobody signed up for it. And it was the most like heart wrenching, like crushing thing. <laughs> And it, it was so dramatic, but like there were literally nights that I would cr like cry myself down the stairs, just like literally flop down the stairs because I was so devastated and just like crawl into my dog's cage with him and like snuggle up with him and sleep in his cage because I was so sad yeah. over what happened. It was just like the most like crushing thing ever because it was like, I was so stupid and what did I do wrong? And maybe I can't make this work and maybe it's true, I'm not good enough. And like all of these different stories that just yeah. kind of felt like they were confirmed all in that one moment. Mm -hmm. And then simultaneously, once I released the program and no one signed up, then also like other clients had to leave because of money situation or whatever. So not only was my business not going up in the way that I like mm -hmm. thought it was going to, but then it was starting to like go downwards very quickly. Mm -hmm. And it was just like this moment where it felt like I had absolutely no control over what was going on to the point where like everything that I knew how to do to control my business and try to get clients and try to keep the ship sailing was just not working anymore. I did everything right. I marketed, I did, I, you know, I was learning, I was growing, I was manifesting, I was doing, I was, I thought I was holding on to all cylinders. Yeah, it sounds like it, you know? Yeah, I'm like, I got this, but it just, it wasn't working anymore. anymore. And mm -hmm. so I'm like, well, it was this moment of surrender where I was just like, well, there's, there really is nothing I can do. There's, there's nothing I can do. Maybe this is the moment that I've been anticipating for the last several years that I've been in business, that everything is finally going to get taken away from me and I can't do anything about it. And I'm just going to have to sit back and watch it happen. And it was within that surrender that I felt this permission in me to just stop doing the things that I was only doing because I thought that it was going to make me successful. 
because I was like, well, I'm not going to be successful anyways. It's not working. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to take a break from social media. I'm just going to like, you know, work with the clients that I do have and, and do things, talk about things online if it feels good, but just stop doing things, stop pushing things, go for more walks, meditate more, read some books, just like, you know, do what I can right now in, in this time that I just, I have no control over anything apparently. So I might as well just, just do what I want to do. Yeah. And it was within that surrendering and that just permission to release the things that I was tightly gripping onto because I thought that I needed to in order for me to stay afloat that it felt like such a weird universal like I got you you finally you're letting you're letting me in you're gonna stop egoically trying to control your business now okay here's like four clients that want to pay you in full <laughs> like all in one month just randomly sent to you and um here's all of this other things that's going to happen in your personal life that's going to cause you to move so that your expenses are way lower so you don't have to make as much money anyways and oh here's you moving in with your dad and then actually like traveling the world for a whole year and like just everything just kind of happened like dun, 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 like exactly following that time where i was just like well I can't control it anyway, so I might as well stop trying. That it finally was just like, okay, here's everything that you've been working for. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, you're speaking so many people's language. Well, definitely mine right now, because yeah. I do think it's the releasing surrender or surrendering to like, okay, I don't have control over this. Like you've been working so hard. And I feel like it's like, sometimes you're so fixated and I like, I'm sure you can relate and other people listening, but like you're so fixated on this is the goal and I need to get here this way. And this is the only way, but being able to let go so many more things can happen. Like obviously not just like giving up and doing nothing, but mm -hmm. being able to meditate, go on walks, doing things that are like serving you versus that are like against you or like you're pushing for something that doesn't really feel fully aligned. And like, right. I know I've experienced that just even working in the clinical space with therapy. Like I loved it. I love my clients, but it wasn't serving my soul purpose per se. Right. And even with coaching, like I still coach here and there, but it's not something that's like prior to me. Now I'm in the solar industry. It's like all these different things occurred. But when I started letting go, so many more opportunities opened up for me. And I feel like other people listening can really resonate with that. When we do let go of what we're trying to accomplish versus what feels really good and feels so natural and doesn't feel so hard. Because I think yeah. a lot of times, like from what I'm hearing from your story too, is you were trying so hard and you were good at it, but there was so much more to happen for you that was going to be more aligned and just feeling like I, like when you were telling the story, it felt like the weight was off your shoulders. Yeah. Like that's what I literally felt. Yes. That's exactly, that's exactly what it is. And something that was such a gift from that whole experience is that I finally let myself just honor that I really like peace and ease in my <laughs> life, which felt so wrong in the entrepreneurial space. Like I denied myself of that. Like if I ever had time to myself, it's like, well, how can I be productive? Should I write more Instagram posts? Should I make a new blog post? Like, should I start a YouTube channel? Like just like everything felt like it had to have a purpose or else I was going to inevitably fail. Like that was my deepest fear. But as soon as that was just like, oh, well, it's going to happen no matter how hard you try, it's still going to happen. It's like, well, if it's going to happen anyways, I might as well just like 
relax, do what feels good, like really do what feels aligned for me, which when I'm really honest with myself is not a lot of, of doing. Like I really like a lot of spaciousness in my life. I don't like to work that much. <laughs> if I'm honest, and I like to be inspired, I like to be creative, but that needs space and that needs permission to be flowy and to be big sometimes and to be very small other times. And this whole experience really granted me that permission to lean into that and to really do what feels aligned for me. And it's really magic what types of opportunities open up for you when you allow yourself to be who it is that you actually want to be, not who it is that you think you need to be. Mm, that's so powerful. And because it's so spot on and understanding we are capable of having so much for ourselves and like whatever we want to make it. But I know for me too, and I feel like we're on the same page on this, just being more of a spiritual person when I meditate or in taking nature walk, so much more comes to me when I'm just present in the moment versus when I'm trying to like do so much in one day, it's like way too much and it's overwhelming. But mm -hmm. like what you said, I think it's really pivotal of giving yourself that space and energy to relax. And I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs, might, it might be an unpopular opinion, but <laughs> I'm okay with that. But I do yes. think it's, there's a huge hustle culture and I believe in work ethic and I think that's important, but I also think there needs to be an integration and harmony with your work and life. And I think there's this concept of work-life balance. I don't think it can ever fully be balanced, but like what you were saying, the big and the small, like however you want to show up. But I think it's just finding what works for you and your lifestyle and how you want to create it. There's no right way. There's no wrong way. It's just what feels good. And that's going to allow more business to come in. That's going to allow things to take hold and have opportunities if you allow it. So you just have to surrender. Simple yes. as that. <laughs> I know it's such a simple concept. So hard in practice for me for so many years. I'm like learning about it in every book, like Eckhart Tolle says to surrender. Okay. Got it. <laughs> and let me just work really hard and like not trust the universe at all and just do everything in my power to try to control what my future is going to be. Oh, yeah, this other person says I should surrender and that like when I'm not surrendering, I'm not trusting the universe. And I, yeah, I should trust the universe more than my ego. Okay, I would have some time. I should probably like go write five Instagram posts like that's that. Yeah. <laughs> Been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> But it, it's true. I think it's just awareness is key, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's important. Yes. It's important to realize. But even just everything you're saying, I know you've had a lot of success with your clients. I know you've talked about some stories that weren't so great, but I would love to know maybe just one or two client success stories that you've had recently that you'd like to share with us. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give context that I kind of work with two different niches, one of which is more like my brand and what I'm known for. And the other one kind of just randomly behind the scenes fell into my lap. So I can give an example of a client that I've been working with for a while now. And she's also a coach and she's working on, on building her business. And, and really the, the goal of our work together initially was to transition her work from being a personal trainer and um, a fitness coach into um, working with people more on their healing and their alignment and more in a spiritual capacity. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting working with clients for me as a coach. I wonder if you've had this too with coaching and therapy where you seem to attract people that are literally you. <laughs> 100%. 
<laughs> yeah. And it's been so fun to work with all of my clients, but there are very specific clients of mine that I'm like, I literally just worked through this and now I'm seeing it in you. So I'm going to call it out and help you do heal it so that we can do this together. And this one client has matched my business journey. So she's going to listen to this and she's going to know exactly who I'm talking about. Cause I tell her all the time, she is me like six months ago. And, um, there's just been so much like incredible insight and transformation that she's experienced internally of just being willing to create that intentional space for herself to look within and to question why things the way that are the way that they are. Mm-hmm. And we've done a lot of work on so many different levels. Like, of course, one of the levels that we work with when we're working with clients and coaching or therapy is mindset, which is a really, really important piece of, of the work. But when we're just working with the mind and, and thoughts and just trying to think more positive thoughts and trying to question the ones that aren't good, mm-hmm. that's only going to get us so far because there's so much going on underneath our thoughts that are running the show. And we talked a lot about unconscious stuff today, mm-hmm. about how we can like consciously want all of this stuff, but like unconsciously actually fear it a lot more than we want it. Mm-hmm. And there, that is one of my favorite things to do with clients is to really create that space for us to get curious around why their situation that they have right now is the way that, th- that it is so that we can actually find out what in them is actually blocking what it is that they want. Is it that there's a fear of what's going to happen if they do have what they want? There is one client that I've had um, in the past more so working on on health coaching at the time who said they wanted all of these things to get healthier, to lose weight, to feel good, to feel more confident, to get out there again, to, you know, all of these different things but then would get off the, the call and then be like, oh, I didn't do anything that I said I was going to do. And it was that like roller coaster for a very long time until I was finally like, okay, giving you a better plan or a simpler plan or an easier plan or a more aligned plan or whatever it is and changing the plan isn't working and giving you mindset tools and like helping you work with like what is holding you back and all of this isn't working. So I, I questioned why it is that he actually wanted to stay where he was and why he might actually fear having what it is that he said that he wants to have. And it was so clear as day that he had an association where if he were to do everything that he said he wanted to do to get healthy, to get fit again, to get more confident, that the really bad thing that happened in the past when he got confident which was that he put himself out there and then got his heart broken was going to happen again. And so subconsciously he associated when I'm confident and I'm fit and I'm healthy, I'm feeling really good. I put myself out there and I get really hurt, really, really hurt. And he was protecting himself from that hurt by staying in a place where he was feeling not good (laughs) at all. He was frustrated with himself for not doing what it is that he knew he needed to do. And not treating his body very well and self-sabotaging in all of these ways and not feeling good and not having his clothes fit him anymore and not liking what he saw in the mirror while also feeling safe within that subconsciously. But as soon as we saw that, 
it allowed us to question like, okay, well, is keeping yourself where you are right now actually working at protecting you from the thing that you're afraid is going to happen? And ultimately, what he was afraid was going to happen is that he was going to get hurt and then feel a lot of shame or feel loneliness, for example. But by keeping himself where he was and not taking care of himself and denying himself of having the types of pleasures and health and joy and connection and and relationships in his life that he deeply wanted, he was feeling shame (laughs) and he was feeling lonely. So it wasn't working. And it allowed us to really create this like conscious agreement with his unconscious where he could move forward on his goals while still honoring the part of him that was afraid of getting hurt again, that just wanted to feel safe in his life emotionally. And it allowed us to open up to more tools of working with like creating emotional regularity and emotional like um, support so that he learned that he could feel safe within his emotional experiences again and not have something that happens in his life completely take him out and destroy him for a long period of time. And simultaneously while working on that, it just became the natural byproduct that he wanted to take care of himself better. And it was pretty cool to watch how the inner transformation is the real work. And the outer results are just the byproduct and the cherry on top of the cake of being willing to slow down and look within and tend to the parts of you that are trying to get your attention. So beautifully said. And thank you so much for sharing both of those examples of just how you've been able to really transform people's lives, like them doing the actions, but you there guiding them and asking the right questions to really identify what's happening internally. Because a lot of times around health and fitness and nutrition there's always the underlining meaning up behind that. And you just put it in such beautiful context of what he was struggling with, the one client around just the safety and what that really meant for him. Because a lot of times it doesn't have anything to do with really what the external issue is. It's always internal. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's okay. But (laughs) (laughs) But I think too, it just brings it to context of, what we're doing, what we're telling ourselves, what we allow in our universe and not in our universe can really shift and change things in a way that's not, whether it's being productive, whether it's really hindering us from growing, whether it's emotionally healing, being able to really understand all those facets that are happening. But I love that you were able, the byproduct was just his health, but like is really getting into the gist of what's underneath all of that, getting under the hood. And understanding. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fun to just really look under the hood and see how it is that we're getting in our own way so that we can stop working so hard because really like it results in any area of our life to be healthy, to have freedom, to have success, to feel good in our lives. It's not supposed to be this struggle. We make it a struggle and we normalize it feeling like a struggle, but it doesn't mean that there isn't you know, value and working hard and doing new things and pushing out of your comfort zone. But I think it's so unconsciously just normalized and accepted that like we're supposed to be in struggle and we're supposed to push really hard to see results and we're supposed to want to like give up because it's so hard. And especially when it comes to things like health and taking care of ourselves, we naturally want to feel good and take care of ourselves and take care of our body. And when we're not, when we're not doing that naturally, 
it's because there's something deeper going on. There's a part of us that we haven't fully acknowledged. There's something that we're getting out of the current behaviors that we have that aren't aligned with who it is that we say we wanna be. And until we recognize that, we're just gonna be fighting with ourselves. And that's what's creating that struggle. Yes, no, again, perfectly said. And it really goes back to just getting out of our own way. Because you're right, it doesn't have to be that hard. It just is the habits that we create for ourselves on a daily basis. And we all want to feel really good. We don't want to be in pain or agony or just frustration or anything that's occurring in our lives. But when we start healing from the inside out, that's when change happens. I'm a firm believer in that. And you can do things externally, absolutely. But it can just be masking what's underneath. That's totally right. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) (laughs) Great flow happening. And I'm so curious because you've had a lot of ups and downs through your journey as you've shared. What are maybe your top like two, three tips for the entrepreneurs on this journey that you can give Mm. us today? Yeah, oh my gosh, what a juicy question. Okay, Um, the very first thing that comes to my mind is very well along the theme of the unconscious stuff that we've been referencing today. Mm -hmm. And to go deeper into this, I want to reference a book that I just recently read because it like took everything that I knew about like manifestation and shadow work and like how our unconscious mind like can be a projection into our reality and how like, you know, all of that stuff. It Mm -hmm. took that and it like put it all together and wrapped it in a nice bow. Hmm. Um, maybe you've read the book. I'm not sure. It's called Existential Kink. <laughs> no, I haven't, but now I get to add it to my list. So thank you. <laughs> it is. I, I have literally sent it to six people this week. <laughs> New brand ambassador. <laughs> yes, I should be. I should yeah. be. Um, and it was, it was so incredible because it's taking this concept that um, having is evidence of wanting. And that's kind of taking that like concept of like, okay, if we have something, it's because a part of us wants it. Or if we don't have something, it's because a part of us fears having it, which is what we talked about today. Mm -hmm. And every single struggle, I think anyone could come up against in business, whether it's that your income is dropping or you haven't made a sale in a while or all of your clients are leaving or a client is ghosting you or a bunch of people online are hating you or whatever it is your funnel isn't working you're seeing a bunch of money on paid ads whatever it is if we are willing to slow down and look at that and just question it through the lens of like okay if having is evidence of wanting what part of me wants this What part of me is actually in my shadow celebrating that this is my reality? And I have discovered so much about myself through being willing to look at things in my life that are happening through that lens, because a lot of our desires are we're shamed for them. Like if we just, for example, one desire that I've realized I've had very recently, and it sounds so weird admitting it out loud, but there's a part of me that really desires to struggle because I learned that when I'm struggling, people pity me and then I feel loved by them. Mm. And that was something that I experienced a lot when I was younger where I kind of felt like an outcast and didn't really have any friends and was really lonely. 
and also didn't really have that much attention from my parents because they were both absent in their own different ways. And so the only way that I really got attention that I, as a child, really deeply craved and needed was when I had something that I was struggling with, whether it was someone was bullying me or I hurt myself or I was just struggling with something internally or externally. Mm -hmm. And then throughout life, I learned that wanting people to pay attention to me through my struggle made me an attention whore or I, mm. something that I should be shamed for, essentially, like, oh, she just wants attention. And, you know, then you learn that that's wrong. So then that desire to struggle and to have people's desire or to have some, someone's love and support gets rejected. It's like, oh, that's not okay. I'm going to get shamed for that or people aren't going to like me for that if that's what I'm doing. But when we reject a part of ourselves or we reject a desire, it doesn't go away. Right. It just becomes unconscious. Mm -hmm. And then it just is that shadow <laughs> that's following us around, leading our lives, showing us where to go, what to do, etc. Mm -hmm. And I started to see that a lot of a lot of what is in my life is being created because on some level there's a part of me that just wants to feel like people love me that just mm -hmm. wants to have their attention that just wants people to be there for me i want to feel supported and held by people and when that need doesn't feel met i will create drama <laughs> and hope that people will pity me so that i can feel loved by them mm -hmm. and i now see how that was creating a lot of the things mm -hmm. that I was saying I didn't want <laughs> in my business, but mm -hmm. my shadow was like in the background, like, woohoo, <laughs> we're oh, here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what I wanted. Um, so I think that this might be like, I've, I'm only really diving into this, like recently in the last year, I would say, and even mm -hmm. more so since reading this book. And it has been crazy how much it has changed things in my business to the point where I'm like, okay, I just hacked the universe. Like weird things are happening to me as I'm discovering this. Like yeah. just I'll, I'll do work around it and I'll discover my shadow. And then the thing that I said that I didn't want, now I see that I did want it for some reason. And then it changes and I'm like, whoa. Wow. <laughs> Really Our weird things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I just want to invite all entrepreneurs to look at that. Like if that were true, you don't have to believe that it's true because it is a kind of a funky concept. It's <laughs> it's weird to say like everything that I have in my reality, I created it because I wanted it. Even if I say that I don't want it, that yeah. might be a hard pill to swallow <laughs> mm -hmm. for some people. Mm -hmm. And it can also be used as fuel to like self-blame or to self-judge because it's like well if, if it's my fault that the things that i have in my business that i don't want like my income or whatever it is is because i wanted it well then like i'm a piece of shit like what am i doing like what's wrong with me like we, we yeah. don't want to do it with that but if we can invite in the curious exploration of if it were true that everything that i have is a reflection of what i want on some level why would i want this and then owning that that's a part of you that you have, that you have a desire for that thing for whatever reason that you can discover if you get silent and you get still. 
Um, and if you want more support and in going deeper into that, highly recommend Existential Kink. It is so good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. I love that you really dive into it. And, and you're right. There's a lot of things like it might be weird concept to think, well, I created this, but we do. We are the creators of our lives. We are the director of our lives. There's like an Instagram like um, sound bite that it has like we are the, yes. you are the creator of your life. And I think, too, it's just like going back to the book, but also your experiences, the deeper we dive, the more things will come up, but it's allowing just being curious versus like judging it or shaming it of what's happening. And that's, I think, been a common theme here too today is just understanding not to shame it, but get curious, understand where it's coming from, the root of it, so you can change the narrative. It doesn't have to stay that way, but you're changing the narrative and everyone who reads this book is going to change their narrative, but Love also it. working with you too, because <laughs> you're able to kind of take that concept and see what people are running from and facing it and being able to lock arms with it. Like, hey, yeah, I see you, I acknowledge you. Do I want you in my life? Maybe not this like fear or whatever that shadow right. is, but it is a part of us and not removing it in a way of just like, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna put it on the shelf and never see it right. again. Instead of like, all right, you can come into the room. I see you, Let, let's figure this out together. That's right. Yeah, beautiful. Like learning how to have a different relationship with all parts of ourself is such an important part of the work because when you just, that's the shadow side of becoming so self-aware and going through <laughs> this kind of self-development spiritual journey is that like we become aware of all these things, but it's our default to judge them. <laughs> and then we think that as soon as we're aware, it should just go away. Like, oh, now I'm aware that I have this thing that I'm not good at. Enough. So then every time that I'm not good enough gets in the way, I'm like, oh, why am I like this? What's wrong with me? But that's not going to work. We can't judge ourselves into changing things. And so such a big part of the work is exactly what you're describing. It's inviting all parts of ourselves to be a part of our human experience and learning how to work with them rather than against them. Yes. So well said. But Kelly, I've been so enjoying this conversation. Where can people find you, use your services? We're going to link everything below, but if you could let us know. Chase. Sure. Yeah. I guess the, the best place to find about the work that I do and a little bit more about me and my story would be um, either on my website, which is kellevatecoaching.com. So my name is Kelly. So elevate, kellevate, elevate with a K. <laughs> I love a little play on words. Kellevatecoaching.com. Um, I also have some podcasts recorded. It's just literally me talking into my AirPods about things that I think are important and like the breakthroughs that I'm having. So it's really not like a big podcast that's professional at all. But if you want to just hear me talk about things that I think are really cool and the things that I'm discovering about myself and life and especially in the realm of um, healing our relationship with ourselves and our bodies. A lot of that is what I talk about in that show. Then you can find Kelevate podcast on Spotify and Apple. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Kelevate underscore. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kelly, for just being so transparent and vulnerable of your experience, how you got here today, the, all the in-betweens and everything. But I just so appreciate you just really diving into your journey with us today. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for holding this space. And this is such a fun conversation. Likewise. And make sure to like, subscribe, comment below. What was the biggest takeaway from Kelly today? I'm sure she would love to see that comment as I would as well. And we will see you on the next episode.